Would you turn with me, please, this morning in the Bible? Don't you thank God for the Bible? In the Bible to 2 Corinthians 9 and John 3. Now, if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, our ushers are here in the aisles. They have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Maybe you got two or three at home but didn't bring you one today. Hold up your hand. Let these ushers get a Bible to you. Turn and find these places, 2 Corinthians 9, John 3. If you don't know exactly where they are, get your neighbor to help you. We got uh, chapter readers in here. Is that right? People that are learning their Bible. Nothing to be ashamed of if you don't know where something's at. You know, sometimes people, they kind of act like, uh, you know, we're supposed to know all that. Well, I don't care who you are. For every scripture you can quote, there's a bunch of them. It'd take you a while to find. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there's a lot in this book. So don't don't be embarrassed. Don't, you know, say, Where's, where is that at? And, and uh, this church is full of friendly people. Glad to help. And if they don't know, they'll just tell you that. I don't know. And y'all both may have to find somebody else to help you. So, Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter. We've been teaching on the glory of God in these sessions, but this morning we're going a, a little bit different direction. So this is not a part of our series. And yet we'll probably talk about the glory of God before it's over with. That's all right. But uh, something that I have on my heart that's particularly relevant to what's going on right now. And uh, uh, no, we're not talking some more about Santa Claus. <laughs> if you weren't here, then uh, last Sunday we talked quite a bit about Santa Claus. And uh, uh, I, th- I think it went fine. Amen. Amen. I think you know where we're coming from, and uh, we, we want God to get the glory, amen? amen? That's the big thing, and we want to be honest with our children, right? And all, I've heard, we've heard a number of good testimonies from people in the church and from people over the internet that they went straight home and uh, that day or soon after sat down and had talks with their children, and it really turned, it really came out good. It, the, the children's response was wonderful and good. And, you know, sometimes parents, uh, they, they're concerned. Well, what will my children think? They'll respect you. Yeah. Uh, they will. They'll have more respect for you, and they won't forget it. They'll remember it. Uh, I, I know one time my uh, dad, he, uh, he and mom uh, had a couple of things that they were dealing with, and, and uh, he had said and done some things the night before that, you know, Really, he didn't uh, think he should have the next day. And he set me and my brother down, and he told us, he said, your daddy was wrong last night. I said some things, and and uh, it shouldn't have said, and and uh, that was wrong. Well, see, here I am, a grown man, that I remember that just like it was yesterday. And And did that cause you to respect him less? No, no. It took much more of a man, right? I mean, a lesser man or woman wouldn't say a word. They just try to pretend things didn't happen. You understand what I'm saying? People try to pretend they didn't miss it. No. Now, if you're having to do it every day, <laughs> it's a little different, right? <laughs> so you don't want to be having to do it every day or every every week. But uh, no, your children will just respect you. If you have made a mistake, if you have told them something that wasn't right, then get it straight and they'll respect you. And you're teaching them uh, morals and values and standards that will stay with them for all their life. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter. There is a wonderful passage. This whole passage actually is talking about giving, giving materially. You know, in verse 6, he said, If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And he was talking about they were they were putting together an offering to send to some people uh, in another church that were going through some rough times. And he said in verse 12, he, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 12, the administration of this service 
not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God, whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. When you give by the direction of the Lord, so much more occurs than the meeting of a need. Now I'm gonna, we're going to talk about giving this morning. And we're going to talk about true giving. Godly giving. Because there's a lot of things that people call giving and it's not true giving. It's not godly giving. But there are few things that are more core to Christianity than giving. It is one of the centermost parts of Christianity. The further we go, you'll see it more and more. Giving. He said here that their giving not only ministered to the wants and needs of these people, but so much more. For one thing, these people turned around and gave thanks and glory to God. Is that valuable? God uses you, let's say, to meet somebody. uh, God met their need, we'll say, through you. Well, then they don't just thank you. They know God. What are they going to do? Rest of the day and the rest of the week, they're going to thank God. Is that valuable? That's valuable on so many levels. This is somebody who knows God has heard their prayer. God loves them. See, the, the, the gift is much more than the natural thing, than the money or than the stuff. It conveys love. It conveys value. Why would God do with this person to come give me this? You know God cares about you. He woke this person up, put, them so strong, put you so strong on their heart. They couldn't get away from it. They had to come see you. It's something that's valuable to them. But they're going to give it to you. Right? How many can see so many things are going on here? So much more than just the meeting of a need. Let's read it again and think in these terms. Verse 12, the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but it is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they do what? Is that valuable? You sowed somebody some money and they're glorifying God. Is that valuable? For your now they're glorifying God specifically for your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ. What does that mean? Well, they people can come to believe that there is something to the gospel. That there is something to Christianity that is that you're not just all talk. Right? That you say you're a Christian, you preach the good news, you preach the gospel of grace, and they can see very evidently it's not all talk. I know one time, uh, some years ago, a couple individuals, I don't know why, they didn't like me, but they didn't like me. (laughs) It's hard to believe in. (laughs) And uh, they, uh, they wanted to talk to this other minister about me they tried to say some negative things about me to him and I and I guess you know I found out about this later I wasn't there but they they were trying to get him to side in with them that I didn't I, I was doing some things wrong and I was wrong about some things that I taught and this and that and the other and he just wasn't agreeing with them he just wasn't getting in with them and uh, they couldn't get him to get, get in with them. And they wondered why. Well, they didn't know, but uh, three months before, I paid off his car. <laughs> and it was kind of hard for him to, <laughs> to get in with them, talking against me. <laughs> I'm going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he might say, well, I don't know all about his doctrine, but, you know, he blessed me. Right? Well, see, they were trying to do that with Jesus. You're, uh, excuse me, Jesus concerning the man that was healed of blindness. They said, now come on, you know, give God the glory. This man's got to be a sinner. He does these things. He said, look, look, I don't know about all that. I just know this. I was blind 
And now I can see. That's what I know. And that's real. I said, that's real. And people's talk and junk and fussing about doctrine, all that, they can have it. I'll take reality. And so don't think about that for, for me. Think about it for you. That you people see your professed subjection to the gospel through your giving. Now, did I say that or did the Bible say that? Through your giving. Everybody say, through my giving. giving. Now, anytime you say that, sometimes people begin to lock up. (laughs) Because a lot of folk are covetous. They really are. And they're selfish. And they're thinking, that's all I hear when I go to church. If somebody wants me to give my money. No, no. We didn't say money. We said give, right? So every time I say give throughout the rest of this service, do not let your mind just go to money. It includes that, right? But giving is so much bigger than giving money. And so many times people excuse themselves saying, well, I don't have anything, so I can't give. That's a lie. You need to give. The less you have, the more you need to give, right? Absolutely. I mean, if, you, if you're in lack, you need harvest. And if you're going to have harvest, you've got to sow seed. And any time that you are deficient or in lack in any area, you need to be honest with yourself about your, uh, your record of sowing in that area. Every time. Somebody says, well, I don't understand. Nobody will be a friend to me. Nobody will stick by me. Nobody. Well, stop right there. Have you sown friendship? Have you been a friend? Have you given loyalty? Have you been there for other people? Or did you bail when they needed you most? Did you hear me? So many times what's happening, people don't want to admit it, but they're reaping. What they, you know, bad things they've sown and they're not reaping good things because they haven't sown them. Anytime you're in lack in any area, what's the first place to check up on? You're sowing. How have you sown in that area? Have you been a friend? Have you been faithful? Have you been loyal? Have you sown kindness or have you sown judgment? Right? Have you sown blessing or cursing? Here he said you're giving results in thanksgiving to God, you're giving results in people giving glory to God, they see your subjection to the real gospel for your liberal distribution to them and to all men. And by their prayer for you, now here's something else that's going on. What did they do? Let's make this very simplistic now. Let's just put it down to to single. You gave something to somebody at the direction of the Lord. And they, they... Gave thanks to God for it. It met their need. They're giving glory to God because you're not just all talk. You're a real Christian. You're acting on what you say you believe. And they are, verse 14, what else are they doing now? They're praying for you. Praying for you. Which long after you, I mean, they're doing it sincerely. They long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Now, uh, if, if you don't like to hear about giving, you're in the wrong place. Because <laughs> we, we're going to stay on this. And if you had hoped that maybe I'd back off on it at some point, you're hoping in vain. No, I have become convinced that this is a central part of keeping the New Testament command. Did you hear me? And it is a central part to the core of God's character and person and what Christianity is. I think you're going to see it the, the, the more we go. But what we're getting into today is to see all the, uh, not all, but, but some of the many varied ramifications of one seed song. God deals with you to sow something to somebody. When you do, you're going to see all kind of things in the works. 
here he said they're praying for him. Praying for him. There have been times in my life that God used somebody to sow a seed to me in the ministry, not to me personally, but to the ministry. And I mean, we needed it right then. We were up against the wire. Things were due and had to have it. Didn't know where it was coming from. And here it came. Glory to God. And that's what it makes you want to say. Right? <laughs> Glory to God. It tells you a lot of things, doesn't it? It tells me about that person. They must be able to hear from God. Right? I didn't call them. They must, they must be able to hear from God. They must love God. They must love us. Did you hear me? And that's been in times like that when maybe six months later, maybe a year later, maybe five years later, something comes up in their life and God deals with me, pray. Well, they've already got a place in my heart. Did you? How many understand? I don't care who you are. Somebody comes through for you when you need it. You don't forget that. Right? And we're not to feel like we owe people. That's not right. Did you hear me now? I'm going to get into that more later. Somebody said, well, yeah, you owe them. No, uh-uh. You owe people love. But you shouldn't feel like you owe them to try to pay them back for what they did. Because if they gave it to you, it wasn't a loan. There's nothing to pay back. Now, see, this is true giving. You hear that, you hear that so much in modern society. Well, you know... Uh, they gave so much to me, I feel like I owe something back. Well, then they didn't give it. If you owe it, they didn't give it. If they gave it, you owe nothing. But that doesn't mean we can't give something back. We can't give, right? But you don't, you don't carry around that sense of debt to everybody that God used to sow something to you. Are y'all clear on that now? No, no, you don't feel like you owe them money or you have to do, you know, in like kind to them. No, you do what the Lord directs you to do. And they should be thankful that you obeyed God, but most of their thanks should go where? To God. He's the one that dealt with them to do it. But can you see this prayer thing? See, so many times, uh, well, not so many times, all the time. When God deals with you, people in the church, he deals with you, so do that person. Sow this into them. Do this. God's got, he knows the end from the beginning. So much more is going on. He's looking for connections that he's going to use in the future. Did you hear me? He's working a place in your heart for them and a place in their heart for you. And there will be times in the future, and maybe in the nighttime, he'll tap you on the shoulder and bring them to your mind. And you'll pray for them too. Why? Because you love them. You care about them. Amen. And you don't forget what they, how they were there for you. Can you see that? Yeah. This is supposed to be going on all the time in the whole family of God. Especially in the local family where we see each other all the time. It's been going on, but we're coming up even higher. Now notice here, he said, uh, verse 14, by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable, inexpressible, we might say, gift. Another translation says, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. Gift. Another one says, thank God for his son, his gift too wonderful for words. Why do we love God? One of the biggest reasons we love God is because of what he's given us. More specifically, who he's given us. Right? And, and people, you know, you, you can see the devil, he hates giving. And that's why he's always trying to twist it and pervert it in people's minds so they think they don't want to talk about it and they think they don't want to hear it. 
Because it's so central to the core of who God is and what Christianity is. Now, I know the Lord said something to me uh, some years ago, and I wrote it down. Turn back to John 3 if you're holding your place. I was studying about some of these things, and, and the Lord spoke something to my heart. I wrote it down. And when I first heard it, I wondered, am I hearing right? Is that right? That's not, that's not just me. That's the Lord. And then he confirmed it to me with this scripture. The Lord said this to me. The greatest expression of love is giving. That's a big statement. The greatest expression of love, real love, the God kind of love is giving. Now when I heard that I thought the greatest The greatest is giving. Is that right? And then with force, this scripture came to my remembrance. John 3, 16. Are you there? Do you remember this? John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world How do we know? What's the greatest expression of the love of God? He so loved that he gave. Not money. Money wouldn't have done it. Right? Money couldn't have touched this. Thank God for giving money and things, but actually these are some of the lesser things, value-wise, that you can give. So many things that are so much greater in value than money and stuff. The Bible said you are not redeemed. You are not bought from your uh, old way of life with corruptible things like silver and gold. There wasn't enough silver and gold in the universe to buy a soul. He said, but with what? You were redeemed. You have been bought with the precious blood. Of the lamb, the spotless lamb. Thank God. Well, do you love God? And isn't a big part of that because of how he has loved you? And how has he loved you? How do you know he's loved you so much? Because of what he has given to us. Well, how are people going to know you love them? It's a little bit quiet, isn't it? People, see, people don't like, they don't like it to be like this. They, people want to think, well, no, no, brother. The, the greatest expression of love is telling somebody you love them. No, it's not. The Bible didn't say, God so loved the world that he yelled from heaven. I love you. <laughs> That's great. But that's not the greatest expression of love. In fact, you can tell somebody you love them all day long. But if you refuse to give them anything, you don't love them. It's just empty words. Right? The phrase is thrown around. Sometimes people say, well, you know, the greatest expression of love is your feelings. (laughs) No. No, if you haven't learned it yet, feelings can be fickle. Right, I mean, your soul, you can run hot and cold and up and down. If you live by how you feel, you're going to be a yo-yo basket case. We won't know what's going on with you every time we see you. You'll wake up in a new world. But love is unchanging. Love is unmoved by feelings. God is love. He never changes. He never fails. The Bible didn't say God so loved the world that he said, I just, who I feel. I just, oh, I feel for you. Uh Uh-uh. No. What did the Bible say? God so loved the world that he gave. What is the greatest expression of love? Giving. 
So therefore, God is love. You could say it like this. What is the greatest expression of God? <laughs> you see how hesitant you are to say that? People are like. <laughs> Giving. Is this Bible or am I making this up now? Bible. Huh? God so loved the world that he gave. Now, go back, if you would, to John 15. Let's, let's look at some more scriptures on this. Should giving be important to us? Should we think about giving a lot? Should we practice giving all the time? Is, does it apply to much, much more than money? Yes. Yes. The most precious things are, are, are not money. John 15 and verse 12. Well, let's back up and read verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide, you shall live in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide or live in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. What is? The New Testament commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Now, most Christians know that. Most Christians know that this is important, mega, major, important. They can quote it, but that does little good if you don't know how to practically apply it. Right? What good does it do to to frame it and put it on the wall and every time the preacher says, yeah, this is the commandment. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, how does that affect your life? How do we do it? Here he describes. This is my commandment, Jesus says. That you love each other. Now, that's not specifically, that's not talking about loving the ungodly and the unsaved. We do. But specifically, he's saying love who? Each other. Right? Fellow Christians. How we treat each other is our witness to the world. Right? Love each other how? As he has loved us. How do we know he loves us? Uh, He gave himself completely for us. He gave his spirit. He gave his soul. He gave his body. He gave his life blood. Right? There's no question about his love for us. How do we know? Because he gave. And he continues to give. He ever lives. At the right hand of majesty on high. He ever lives. The Bible says. To make intercession for us. He's giving for us every day. He's always there to represent us. To plead our case. To be our righteousness. The Bible says we have an advocate. Oh we have an advocate. Who is he? That's him. Every day. He, he died for us and he lives for us. Both involve complete giving to us and for us that expresses his love. Say it out loud again. The greatest expression, the greatest expression of, divine love of divine love is giving. So how do we know if you love somebody? You do not express love by telling somebody what you need from them. It's that's a perversion. It's what the world calls love. I I love you. I need you. I, I love you so much. I've got to have you. You've got to help me. I need you. You you that says nothing about you loving them. I love you, I need you is not loving them. That's loving yourself. You love what they do for you. Or what they can do for you. Or how they could make you feel. That's got nothing to do with loving them. Tell me about divine love. If you love somebody with the love of God. What do you want to do? You want to give them something. Is that right? You want to give them something. You want to bless them. You want to help make their dream come true. Is that right? You want to you know, fulfill the desire of their heart. And here's the love of God. Asking nothing in return. That's the love of God. 
That's how God loves us. And that's how he has commanded us to love each other. How? As I have loved you. Keep reading. What did he say? No greater what? He said, we were in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this. That he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. What did he just command us? Love each other like I have loved you. How did he love us? He gave himself, and he, and, and see, here's the, how far can this love go? Well, how much do you have to give? <laughs> right? Yes. How much of this love can you express? You can't give any more than your life. Right? right? When Jesus gave us his natural life, he gave us all the days and all the time that he could have ever had naturally on the planet. He gave his life blood. He gave his spirit. What more could he give? There is nothing else he could have given, which what does that tell us? There is no more he could love us. He loves us as much as it is possible to love. Oh, do you see this? Well, What lets people know we are a Christ I in? One like the Christ. We we live like he lived. We operate like he operates. We live to give. And there is nothing that is too big for us to give. Oh, I'm I'm getting a stirring in my spirit. Even God is bringing us up. He's bringing us up. God is, you know, this prosperity that we talk about. This is not just so we can live in the lap of luxury. It's so we can have the ability to express some of these things at the highest levels. Did you hear me? You talk about, for lack of a better word, there's going to be some outrageous giving. That's probably not the best word. But you know what I mean by that? In this church. I'm telling you. It's going to be talked about. Right? And it's going to be every direction. Member to member. People in their own family. To the church. From the church to other churches. I'm telling you. I insist. That we have giving as a testimony. Right? That we believe God to have the ability and the resources to step in and do things until people who didn't understand it, they're going to be saying, do you know what they did? Did you know what they gave? Did you know what he gave his mama? Did you know what she gave her sister? Did you know what they did for that family in the church? What did they do? They took them out and bought them a brand new $50,000 car. They just went in there and wrote a check for it. No. Yeah, they did. Well, what were they family? No, I don't think they even knew them. You've got to be kidding me. No, they just met them in church there last week. And what, what does that say? It says there are people who love God. There are people who love people. Right? It says they are submitted to God. There ought not be anything under our hand that we wouldn't give. Nothing that is more precious to us. Now see, this is what the Lord was endeavoring to get across to the rich young ruler. Do you remember him? Turn with me, if you would, over there to, uh, what is it, Luke 10? Mark 10. It's in Luke, but Mark 10 is where... uh, We'll see it right now. I'd like for, you know, if you were here Friday night, you heard me talk about some things that the Lord's been dealing with me about the offerings of the Lord. And it's just getting stronger and stronger on my heart. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm preparing my heart 
to launch out. And uh, we, we've taken some heat in the past on some of these things. And I believe it is something to push through. Did you hear me? So, so much ignorance on this subject in so many churches. And so many people, they just, they're apprehensive. They're scared to talk about it. They think it's all about try, somebody trying to get me to give my money. Sometimes somebody trying to get my money. And it's just, it's keeping the body of Christ bound and choked. And it, it's, it's missing a huge part of what Christianity is. Giving. Everybody say giving. giving. Is the chief expression, the chief expression. Of, divine of divine love. So believe with me. And if you get it on your heart, pray about it. Uh, this is something I want us to, to, to blast into. <laughs> and I mean not quit. Until we know we got the job done. And uh, when, we, when we, you know, preach things, we don't just preach them, we practice them, right? We act on them, and uh, if we receive persecution for it, well, we'll overcome it. We'll overcome evil with good, right? In Mark, the 10th chapter, wow, it's already noon, isn't it? What happened to the time? Well, we had extra things today, didn't we? Have you got a few more minutes? If you don't understand, if you've had all you want, that's, that's okay. I won't be offended if you need to leave. But uh, I'm not planning on taking a lot longer. But I'm not quite through. I mean, if I just stopped right now, would you feel like we're through? If I just said, oh, that's it, stand up. Huh? Well, you would know in your heart. We're not, no, we're not, not quite there. Mark 10, <laughs> Mark 10, the, the rich young ruler, Jesus told him, verse 21, Mark 10, 21, Jesus beholding him, what? Loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack, he only said one, but how many understand it was a pretty significant one? Go your way and do what? Sell whatever you have and do what? And give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Now, why did he tell him that? You say, well, that's, that's what the Lord tells everybody. Give everything away. No, he does not. No, he does not. Take Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know, stood up. And he said, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor. Did the Lord say, Oh, no, 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 uh-uh, not half. It's all or nothing, brother. <laughs> did he say anything like that? No, what did he say? He accepted that. He said, This is great. Salvation has come to this man's house today. Yes. No. God's not out to impoverish you. God's not telling everybody you have to give up everything. No, 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 no. But what he did is he put his finger on something that was a big obstacle in this man's heart. Right? An, an area that he was not willing to go further with God. And this would have done it. This would have broke him out. Wouldn't it? This would have, this would have removed the chokehold off of him. So the Lord told him, here's what you need to do. Because see, the man come, came to him. Jesus didn't come to him. He came to Jesus. He said, Lord, what can I do? I want eternal life. See, he knew something was missing. He said, this is, he looked at him and loved him. He had a lot of good things about him. He said, but you know, there is something. There is one thing. Here's what you need to do. You go home, you liquidate your stuff, and you give, you give to the poor, you give on the right and the left, you just give it away. And then you come and hook up with me. What's it time to do? <laughs> when the Lord deals with you to give, what's it time to do? It's time to give. But he went away what? Sad at that saying. And he went away grieved for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around about him and said to the disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? 
And in verse 24, he went on to say, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? That was the issue. Was this about money? It was not about money. What was it about? It was, it's bottom line, it's about his love. It's about who and what he loves the most. Right? And see, a lot of people like to say, well, I, you know, I don't care about money. I don't, but when it comes time to give it away, you see lock up. Right? I, I'm sure this man thought, you know, he probably had given in times past, but not on this level. Not on this level. And the Lord told him, so everything you got. And come on and follow me. Did he love the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all his strength, and his neighbor as himself? No, he did not because he was unwilling to do this. What does that prove? He loved his stuff and he loved himself more. Because if you love God more, you'll let anything go. Right? If you love God above everything, there is nothing you won't give. There is nothing you won't do. God's getting us ready now. I said, God's getting us ready. What do you mean? God's going to put, God's going to touch your heart in the coming days. He's going to deal with you to give things like you have never given before. And it's not all to the church now. A bunch of it's going to be to other people. Did you hear me? Other people, he's going to deal with you, and you're going to think, yeah, but that's my, <laughs> that's my such and such. <laughs> yeah, he knows. That's why he told you. Right? And you go, you find out how, how much you love and what you love the most. And if you love them more than you love yourself, then you'd rather see them have it. Amen. You'd rather see them enjoying it than you yourself. But you know this, you're not going to do without one forever. God's going to give you three new ones. Is that right? So you can turn loose of it freely. Oh, friends, are you with me? I sense a little, a little bit of trepidation here and there, but that's all right. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not telling you to do a thing. I am telling you. There's a higher level of love in God. There's a higher level of operation. And you want to get into the huge harvests? You've got to get into the big seeds, the big sowings. Well, like this, uh, this person talked about their tithe, $130,000. Well, a lot of people wouldn't want to sow $130,000, right? They'd go, $130,000, that's my $130,000. Not if it's your tithe. Right? That ain't yours. Yeah, but it's 130. Well, I guess we could, you know, pray that the Lord would decrease your income so that your tithes are not so big so that you wouldn't have such a problem. God's taken us up to where things don't look so big to us. Lord, help me get this out better. He's taken us up to where things don't look so big to us. We don't choke on little figures and little this and that. You know, you don't choke on. You, you can let it go. You can, you can sow it. You can be free. Freely you re, you've received. Freely you give. And just as free as you can let it go, that's how easy it can come back to you. Multiplied. It's hard for you to turn it loose. Then it's hard for it to come to you. This is the. Christmas season. It's a season of giving gifts. I think that's entirely appropriate. Some people get mad and they talk about, oh, it's become so commercial and this all about buying presents. Well, it is about gifts. I said it is about gifts. God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift, the indescribable gift, too wonderful for words. And because he did this with us, it should make us want to give gifts. Right? Give gifts, and not just the smaller material gifts, but the big gifts. Love, value, you know, praise, time, faithfulness, 
graciousness, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Some folks need to go in home to folks and relatives that they hadn't hardly talked to. And then he'd take in a big present with them. A big one. What is it? It's a big present of forgiveness. Did you hear me? Worth more than money. A present. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. It was your sin and mine and theirs that put Jesus on the cross. He forgave all that. We can forgive the other. Right? Forgive it. Forget it. Let it go. Put it in the past. Don't mention it. Don't talk it. Let it go. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go to Romans 5, and I think we'll close with this. I'm, I'm not done, but I think I'm done for today. Get ready. This is not the last you've heard about this. <laughs> we're going to talk about giving. Because what are we talking about when we're talking about giving? We're talking about love. Is there anything more important to talk about? It's the New Testament command. It's, it's who and what God is. And what is the greatest expression of love? Giving. 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 We're going to talk about giving until we love to talk about giving. Until we're thrilled. Until you come and you say, I hope, I hope Brother Keith talks about giving again today. Man, I hope he does. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. Internet. Come on. Smile and be happy. Because yeah. when we're talking about giving, what are we talking We're talking about what God did yeah. in Jesus. We're talking about what he does every day. In giving us life and breath and all things. We're talking about keeping the New Testament commandment. Right? Walking in God who is love. Walking in love which is the New Testament commandment. And giving is the greatest, the chief expression of that. Now notice again the God kind of love in Romans 5. Hallelujah. Romans 5. Verse Five. Let's see. Is that right? Romans five five. He said, uh, "Hope makes not ashamed this expectation, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us." Is that true? When you've been born again, the love of God is in you. Yes. Now, see, you can keep that love suppressed. You can just operate in the selfishness of the flesh. Somebody said, well, we need to pray that God would give us love. No, no, he's already put love in you. Right. You've got to yield to it. Yes. The more you yield to it and the more you exercise in it, the stronger it becomes in you. Amen. Yield to it. Something comes up in your heart to do, do it. Don't argue and reason with yourself for the next six months. Well, can I afford to? Or I don't know. If God deals with you to do it, do it. Do it. Act on it. Sow it. He said, verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commends or he demonstrates or shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this now? This is not giving the people, if I had another half a day here, uh, So much of what people call giving is not giving. So much of what ministries do, churches do, is for PR, public relations. So much giving that companies do is for public relations. It's to, you know, win favor in the community, to make us look good. And one of the biggest things is the tax write-off. Did you hear me? That's not real giving. 
I said, it's not real giving. And, and so many times what people call giving, there, there's underlying motives. They want you to feel indebted. They, 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 they're getting ready to ask you to do a favor for them. And so they're greasing the wheels. Anybody know what I mean by that? To try to get, you know, so now I'm going to come back to you and ask you for something. And, of course, you know I have scratched your back. So they never gave. What they, what they did was no giving. You'll even see people sometimes they get mad because they, they go through all this stuff for somebody, you know. And, and, and they, they acted like, they, you know, it wasn't exactly what they were wanting to do. And they go, well, I, I always wanted to do this for you. Examine that. What I always wanted. That doesn't mean that's what they wanted. Well, I always, that's what I always wanted to do. Well, that's you. That's you thinking about you. Did you hear me? So much of what people call giving is not real God kind of giving. And there's, there's these trying to trade or trying to buy something or, or just, you know. No, God gave to us when we were doing nothing for him. We were still his enemies. Did you see this? We were not giving him warm and fuzzies. We were rebelling against him. We were running the other way. But he loved us so much, he bought and paid for our salvation even before we wanted him. He sends his blessing of rain, the Bible says, on the just and the unjust, on the unthankful. That's the kind of God he he is. You and I must become more like him every day. That we'll do things for people that don't even appreciate it. We'll do things for people even we we don't get acknowledged, we don't get thanked, we don't care. That's not why we did it. We didn't do it for that reason. We did it because we love God and we did it because we love them. We wanted the need met. We wanted them blessed. wanted them taken care of. Lord told us to do it. That's it. Ask for nothing in return. Not a thing. You don't owe me a thank you. You don't owe me. Well, how can I ever pay you back? You better not try. Don't mess with my sewing. (laughs) If you pay me back, that means I got no seed in the ground. And God can pay me a whole lot better than you can pay me back. So no, you smile and let the seed stay in the ground. Right? And take it as a free gift. Aren't you glad that's the way God saved us? He didn't say, okay, now I'm I'm saving you, but we're going to put this on the installment plan. It's going to take about three million years. (laughs) But you've got to pay. No, no. We are saved not by works. Saved by grace. It is the free gift of God. Free gift. Free gift. Free gift. No strings. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, please, and lift your hands. Begin to thank God for giving. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and praise Him him some more. Father, we worship You. We exalt You. We glorify You. We magnify You. We praise Your holy name. Praise Your holy name. 